What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Awesome Hazelnuts here as always. And I'm sure you guys know, patch 2.7.0. There has to be a brand new meta, right? There needs to be new cards. Everything needs to change. But guess what? Nasu's Trash is still destroying everyone. TLC is still around. This card aggro is still around. Driven Azure is still around. So it's pretty much the same meta, right? Except that we have Irelia now with the brand new, very disgusting version of Azir Irelia, which we will get into later. And when I mention we, that's one thing you guys have to notice. If you guys listened to my previous podcast episode, I did mention that there will be a special guest on this week's episode. In fact, this guest is none other than Moonboy Gaming. And Moonboy Gaming, I'll just give you a short introduction of him before I let him begin speaking. Moonboy Gaming is the pillar of Southeast Asia region when it comes to Legends of Rodera. He has been here for about a year, actually more than that. He has been organizing tournaments, rallying the community, ensuring that everyone feels welcomed and has a place to call home when it comes to the digital space of Legends of Rodera, especially for us in the Southeast Asia region. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Moonboy Gaming. What's up, Moonboy? Yo, what's up, Hezuna? Thanks so much for having me today. Really excited to, you know, be on this podcast today. And yeah, what's up, everyone? So uh, for those who do not know who am I, so uh, I'm Moonboy Gaming. So I have a, I'm a streamer and caster for L Legends of Runeterra for ever since the start of this game. So yeah, thanks so much for having me, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's been a long time coming, man. Because when it comes to Runeterra, I always thought that I was alone. When I started this podcast, when I created a Twitter account, I always thought, you know what, I don't believe there's anyone playing. But all of a sudden, when I found out there was a Moonboy Gaming around August or September of last year, I was actually moved away. Especially when I saw the work that you've been doing, man. Yeah, man, you, yeah. you're doing such incredible work, man. Yeah, so uh, we have been recruiting or like finding as many <laughs> um, Singaporeans in, in this scene as much as possible. So uh, it all started out as a like what a Twitch stream and, and you know, just... Singaporeans starting to flow into the stream because there's a hey there's an SCA streamer because there's not much SCA streamer in Twitch on Twitch right so you know it's not difficult to actually find us but it's actually difficult to find uh, more Singaporeans who are actually in the game so but apparently you know based on numbers there are lots of players from the region uh, in, 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 in this game so we're, we're still trying to you know pick up all these people and saying that hey guys you're not alone like like hazelnut you know you're not alone you have a community behind you guys come and join us and yeah if you guys you know uh are hearing this and you guys don't know where to go you guys we got your back this community is here for you guys <laughs> yeah man that's that's a very good thing but when it comes to my podcast i believe that most of the people who are listening to my stuff come from uh north america and europe when it comes to mm-hmm. southeast asia i don't think that they are very or, or when it comes to asia region as well they're not really into listening to podcasts, but I do have a couple of people from Asia and Southeast Asia who listen to it, especially Zero Infinity. He's one of the other players who who regularly listens to my stuff and he will always ask me, hey man, how's it going? How's everything doing? And by the way, Zero Infinity is one of the co-caster along with Moonboy. They've been like casting the SCA which, uh, seasonal tournaments ever since there was a seasonal tournament. And when it comes to seasonal tournaments, man, how's your experience like being casting for all these tournaments? I know it's not easy, man. Like six hours... Sometimes now it's what nine hours time two. It's not easy, man. Yeah, I mean you you have you have tried casting, right? So yeah. uh you kinda you kind of could understand uh how to do it and things like that. So yeah, it's really tiring, especially staring in front of the computer and you have to constantly think about what to say next and, and things like that. So it's it's really um challenging at the start, 
but as you know you 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 start doing more cars and you get more used to um do, doing you know such hours uh it would it would really make things easier but it's still a challenge especially like you know up to the most recent regionals uh, seasonals that actually just happened a few a few weeks back uh it's, it's still you know i still feel the challenge i still feel the strain especially nearing the finals where we already you know casted for about six to seven hours as of so as as of then and and it's it's, it's really tiring but it's, it's fun you know it's really exciting and really um really fun to actually bring the action to 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 the viewers and yeah that's that's just what i'd enjoy and and i i, I still love to do this uh for to for the future and things like that for everyone yeah definitely man and when it comes to legends of Terra, right talk me through it man how did it happen you streaming this game uh, do you have like any background when it comes to playing card games because i'd like to know man everyone here would definitely like to know how you even get started in legends of Terra. Well, I mean, I, 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 before Legends of Runeterra came out, so I was doing uh, Twitch. I was already streaming on Twitch. Uh, I, I was streaming other games like Pokemon, Sword and Shoe. I was doing Magic the Gathering Arena. I was also doing Monster Hunter World and Hearthstone here and there. So these are like, you no, know, I, I was already doing or started out on Twitch already back then. So uh, when LR came out, I was like, hey, this game actually looks pretty decent. I had a really strong, uh, you know, really rich background when it comes to card game i i, I played hearthstone i i used to play uh, magic the gathering i used to play uh pokemon tcg really competitively and not forgetting i i, I mean i recently picked up <laughs> digimon T tcg as well so uh I, i'm really a card game person and when you know this game came out i was like hey it's another card game why not just give it a try and it's backed by a great company riot which you know they, they did a really good esports scene or with uh, league of legends so i was like thinking hey why not just jump into it and it might it might be something big in the future because you know they did so well with with league right That's so good. uh they i i i assume that this might correlate into lr which is starting to you know gain some traction as of right now so it it's something and i was like hey why not just do it and you know i just jumped into it give it a try and here we are today with a whatever we have for the sa region yes definitely man and when it comes to big things in legends around there we all know that when it comes to riot games when it comes to esports they have always been doing big things i remember when i was playing another mobile game usually i try not to say the name but when it comes to dota 2 i always thought that dota 2 was like the be all and all of esports you know big mm -hmm. price pool big everything you know everybody just wants to have a slice of the pie you don't necessarily need first place at ti to actually be a somebody but then we talk about big things i don't know this is the one thing that that's on everyone's mind the biggest thing that we're coming in september is the world championships man moon boy yeah yeah man i do know that i really want to see you on the casting desk at worlds <laughs> so 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 let us know man will we see a moon boy at worlds this year well, we're working towards it, right? Everyone has their road to worlds. Everyone is mapping their way into worlds. So, uh, being on the caster table is also one of my, is my road to worlds. So, I'm not exactly the great greatest player or the best competitive player in, in the region. So, you know, uh, I, I was like saying, hey, it would be awesome to actually cast for worlds and have a SCA representative on the caster table for you guys. So, like that was what I had in mind, and I was like, okay, uh, that that is gonna be my road to worlds. I, I'm gonna be the SA caster representing the region on that table and bring the action live to everyone else in the world, and and at the same time, you know, uh, allowing the world to see 
what SCA have to offer at that stage. So it's it's not just we are just the underwhelming region in in the game, and and at the same like you know I I want to bring out the region to everyone to the rest of the world, not just the SCA uh, audience as well. So being on that world stage is gonna be huge for the region. And you know, if we have players, at the same time, we also have casters. So that's my road to worlds, and and I'm I'm just heading towards it. But nothing is confirmed as of right now. But we're we're doing our best to make it happen for everyone. Yeah, man, I want to see a moon boy at worlds, man. This is definitely a long time coming. I really want to see you there because we need our our people being represented. Because when it comes to every region, we need at least one person or maybe two or three casters from every region to be there. Because when we talk about Legendary Terra, it's not just revolving around one or two regions. It revolves around all the players. It runs around the entire ecosystem. Because everybody, no matter how small part they play, they play right, Moonboy, they all contribute to the game overall. Mm-hmm. And, and one yeah. thing, the most important thing mm-hmm. I want to ask you is, when it comes to streaming, right? I don't know if you started streaming, making content with Legendary Terra, but when it comes to building a community, can you tell me how did it happen? Because this, this actually feels very... <laughs> out of place because I don't know you, you stream other games then you play Legends from Terra you organize tournaments you cast how did it even happen you building a community you being the front man of the entire community like everybody when it comes to Southeast Asia they'll be like oh Moonboy Moonboy yeah, everything is Moonboy you become the heart and soul of the Southeast Asia community yeah so it all started out with just basically streaming right so I was like hey why not just start streaming and see how things goes and I viewers start flowing in we have more uh, it started off with a few Singaporeans and be like, hey guys, hey dude, this is this, this dude is stupid, right? This dude is funny. He's making really silly plays. He can't even pilot uh, spider aggro <laughs> well. So that's where like everyone just came in and started to backseat and like, you know, uh, teach me the game and teach me the ropes of the game. And, and from then on, you know, I learned from my audience. I, I start to communicate with them offline and slowly and surely, you know, this kind of like exploded and evolved into a bigger community and especially when this game got released at the Beltwater patch uh more and more players from all over SCA actually got access to the game and that's where you know they maybe they found themselves a SCA streamer on Twitch because back then it's probably just me and I don't know it's just really really little SCA streamers and they were just looking for some some place to chill and hang out I just provided them the platform you know offline stream off stream where they could have a discord a community and they come together and talk and slowly and surely this thing grew this thing boom and yeah again like more and more players as of right now and 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 we started to host tournaments because like SCA I, we felt that SCA was really lacking in terms of tournament we, we provided them with some tournament uh and things like that and here we are today you know gathering more and more players from all over the region and yeah that's that's just how it all happens and it just flew it just flows so naturally and, and it just ended at where we are today. Yeah, man. And I really love your input, man, when it comes to, like, the community, the streaming. I can really feel the passionate, like, talk from you when it comes to this. Because when it comes to, like, building a community, when it comes to streaming and all that, definitely it's not something that we do it full-time. It is the kind of thing that we do it on the side, you know, after mm-hmm. we come back from the office and all that. Most right. people wouldn't want to put in the extra hours because maybe they got other commitments and all this. But for you, it is really amazing to see someone, especially from the same country as me, Singapore, and by the way, guys, me and Mooboy, we are both from Singapore. And usually when we are in our adult stage, we usually do have a lot. We do not have a lot of time to commit to all these, uh, I wouldn't call it extracurricular activities. We call it uh, additional activities outside of your own like, professional life. And so when yeah. it comes to this, when I see Mooboy doing it together, I always feel that, yeah, man, I'm not alone because there's someone else doing it as well. 
And before uh, before we, we actually continue, let's talk about patch 2.70. Let's just dive deep into the topic today. The big reason why I have you on this podcast. When it comes to patch 2.7.0, man, what are your thoughts? Atrocity and Blighted Caretaker, the nerves to it. I want to hear your thoughts, man, before I even say mine. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't make too much of a difference, right? So, uh, if for Atrocity and Blighted Caretaker, I think the main target that they are targeting is the trash Nasus deck and, and the kind of archetype. The, the they who endure, you know, kind of archetype. So, uh, nerfing it, I feel that it might not have impacted it too much as of, you know, we could see on the statistics right now, trash Nasus is still kind of dominating or, you know, still one of the top decks in the in the meta right now. So, uh, like the cat, let's talk about atrocity, right? Yes. You don't exactly need it on the same turn when Nasus comes down. And, you know, you always, when even if Nasus comes down, you will try to at least level him up to have a sure kill kind of opportunity with Atrocity. So, having Atrocity on 7, yes, you kind of, you know, um, discourage them to have Nasus and Atrocity on the same turn. But, um, and then and, and open up to more uh, counterplays from your opponent. So, this is a little bit improvement, but it doesn't really, you know, change m- too much of, of, of this particular uh, game plan. And, you know, when it comes to Blighted Caretaker, uh, I mean, come on, that 2-1 don't really matter, right? The main <laughs> yeah, body yeah. don't really matter. All you want is that 2 sapling that is spawned from the Blighted Caretaker, which you could maneuver your, your combat phase and things like that. So that is... That probably didn't make too much of a difference when it comes to, uh, you know, rearranging your attack. But with, it, the only difference is just that one attack, you might have a little bit... Um, traits or you wouldn't add one additional stack into Nasu so that's only the downside but the main objective over there is to you know rearrange everything and have a really aggressive start and at the same time popping the uh, the those you know, last breath units as well so it, that that cut that nerf didn't really change too much in my opinion yeah correct when it comes to blighter caretaker right I don't really see the the nerf as being too huge because as we see from the current way that 2.7.0 is being laid out along with the brand new cards being released such as Merciless Hunter such as Irelia and I think mm-hmm. Merciless Hunter is one of those cards which are totally replaced the better caretaker thing and when it comes to atrocity right this is something which I've been saying that it has been the biggest crux when it comes to Shadow Owls because when it comes to Shadow Owls right when you look at the overall package it is it's just what survival clearing the board ensuring you don't get bamboozled get destroyed all of a sudden the biggest change to Shadow House to me, right, is when Gohard was released. Ever since Gohard became a card, the entire Shadow House package just felt really uh too versatile when it comes to sustainability. And then together with uh Ledros, Ledros was fine to me. But the biggest one which I always found a problem, right, especially when it comes to Shadow House, is atrocity. For the longest time, I remember I've been saying this over and over again many, many times. I always wanted this card to be due the damage to both players. But then now since the cost is increased to 7, I honestly feel that at 7, it's still a little bit not that nerfed. What do you think about that, man, Moonboy? Well, I I mean, it's... I, I, I Honestly speaking, I'm, I'm not really sure how this you know, 7 mana actually stands as of right now. Because with 7 mana, that actually still enables you to have a counterplay to whatever your opponent has. So, you know, if 7 plus 4 is... But 11, 11, 11 yeah. right? So, <laughs> so uh, you still have, you know, your, your access to things like um, Right of Negation with it. So it's, 
uh, I, I'm not really sure if it's fair, but at the same time, you know, atrocity. I think atrocity. What it should be is kind of like a a big play. It's like harrowing, right? Like it's mm, a big correct. play that that might not have. Uh, you might not have a way to defend yourself after this big big card. So, uh, you know, it it could be shifted towards that direction. But you know, being at seven mana, you still have access to ways to counter whatever your opponent has to answer to your atrocity. So it. it yeah, so it, it might be fair, but I, 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 that's why I, like I would say I, I'm not really sure where it stands as of right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's my stand. <laughs> yeah, especially okay. I know this is a damn funny question, but let me ask you more. Do you think the heroine should be thirteen mana? <laughs> this is something which I've been trying to push for a very long time as well. Uh, thirteen is a little bit too much, right? So maybe I feel like ten might be fair to to bring yourself out of like counter spell range i guess like that that might be that might be fair yeah but, but there's one mother uh, though <laughs> huh sorry there's one mother though Walmart, yeah but i mean war mothers is is a collective you know it, it, it has a longer game kind of reward right so every single turn until the end of the game or till the end till your your decks runs out of creatures or units so that is that is the the reward for war mother because it's a long game kind of thing, but Harrowing is a burst, burst t- turning point kind of card. So being at, you know, 10, it might be fair, in my opinion, because you kind of have to wait till the end of the game to use it once, and that's probably your only time to use it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because the same problem that I have with Atrocity and the Harrowing is that the decks that are supposed to abuse it are not able to abuse it because they have terrible early game. Their mid game is just terrible. And when you look at Heroine Atrocity, right, they are really powerful in one deck, which is the mid-range decks. And I do mm-hmm. remember there was one meta where there was Darrowing, which is Darius Draven together with Heroine. Basically, it's an Overwhelm version, the more the more powerful version of the current Overwhelm. And by the way, guys, if you guys think that Overwhelm should remind strong, you haven't seen Darius plus Draven. Because <laughs> that deck that, that, right, just smacks you and smashes you. And then when you think you cleared the entire board, they just drop Heroine and then they summon back, what, two copies of Darius and the pre-nerfed, I don't know, a Basilisk Rider, and then they just go off face again. And that's why I always had an issue with Atrocity and the Heroine, because both of those cards, right, are powerful in mid-range decks. And when you look at other mid-range decks, like uh, Ash Sejuani, not even Ash Sejuani, oops, Ash LeBlanc, Ash LeBlanc, you look at the Masia, they don't have those late-game power cards like Heroine and Atrocity to close out games. They require you to, like, consistently, you know, beat the board, maintain the board, mm-hmm. and then, psh, 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 then eventually they win the game. But when it comes to Shadow Owls, right, I think Atrocity and the, the and the Harrowing right, are two cards right, which are either too powerful at one time or they're not played at all because still on the meta and all that. And honestly, right, I do know that... Okay, let, let's just talk about another card. This one, I think you're super excited because let me tell you guys, Moonboy is... Moonboy loves a certain champion. And I'm pretty sure when he saw <laughs> that change, he's going to be like, Ooh! Okay, Trunner Lissandra is... I'm going to smack that. I'm going to smack that Ice Queen really. And so let's let's talk about it. The changes to path caps, it will no longer be one damage at a time. You'll be aggregated together. What do you think about it, man? Yo, bro, there's <laughs> there's no words to describe my happiness when they reverted this this nerf. I mean, come on, uh, when it, when TLC is just in the meta when TLC is dominating, right? That literally shuts off every single Timo game plan. And even, you know, at the nearing the end of the season where you realize that Timo and Ezreal is actually being a great deck because, you know, mid-range is just so strong at, at that point in the game. 
where and and at the, but you know facing TLC is just a problem. And back then, b- during the qualifying rounds, uh, I'm sure like you know Azure Draven is also a thing that really discouraged lots of players to not bring Timo, even though you know my game plan is to ban TLC and I'm gonna ban TLC and TLC only. But there is a risk of having uh, matching up into Astro Draven. And this was in my head when I was planning for my lineup for seasons. I was like, dude, I'm, I, I have to ban Astro Draven irregardless. And then if I meet TLC, there's going to be a huge problem because Lissandra has tough on that <laughs> Nexus. And every single Puffcat just does one singular damage. That means the Puffcats are, puff are just useless, even though they draw up to like 15 Puffcats a turn. And it's all going to be to waste because Lissandra is leveled. And the way they're going to level up Lissandra is just so easy. So, you know, with this particular buff coming in for the puff cap once again, it's, it's going to change things up. And and Timo might see play later on in, in, the, in the meta perhaps. But as of right now, I think it's just uh, running really well because, what, <laughs> because of, you know, the Irelia madness and, and, and things like that. So uh, hopefully in the future, you know, where, where things get stable and things get quietened down, I believe, you know, uh, Timo might might still have a fighting chance in the future. <laughs> yes, definitely for sure. Because I remember when it came to, uh, not even this seasonals, last seasonals, when it comes to last seasonals, right, I actually included Timo in my lineup. I never in my life thought I'll be playing Timo because <laughs> I remember when I first played, started playing Legends from Terra, there wasn't really that much support from Timo. It wasn't really seen as the kind of like Mule deck and all that. It was only mm-hmm. when the Hexcore Foundry came out, then the entire way that Timo could be played totally changed. Initially, my thoughts was Timo was a bad card, you know. <laughs> it doesn't do a sorry moon boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always thought, you know, Timo is pretty bad. But then when Zoe came around, the one mana, one one elusive thing, right, suddenly became, you know what, this card might actually be pretty threatening. In a meta mm-hmm. where nobody really runs elusive removal other than sharp side it just seems that at that point right Timo is very powerful and like you mentioned now because there are so much aggro right there's discard aggro there's I don't even count driven as well as an aggro deck but the thing is that the way the deck functions right it just feels like a deck where they are always dealing damage to you every single turn and the final deck which is the brand new one the Azir Irelia shenanigan deck <laughs> it's really very hard for Timo to find a place in that meta and when it comes to Irelia man it's the brand new champion or the final champion that was being released. I'm, I do know that Irina has a pretty huge fan base because it comes from what League of Legends and a lot of players, you know, are males and we like female champions. And when it comes to Irina, man, what do you think about it? Flowers duet, crazy card. I, I really have nothing to say, man. Honestly. Uh, I mean, bro, I mean, the whole Blade Dance package is just, <laughs> it's just insane, right? Like, I, I believe like everyone felt the terror and the rain of of this Irelia Blade Dance package. I mean, come on. Being having extra attack? Like, guys, this is just crazy. Especially with unit, like, champions like uh, MF and Azir. And it's, it's just, it just shakes the whole games up so differently. And, you know, it's starting to make the game a little bit, uh, well, oppressing in a sense, right? Yes. So basically, the ladder right now is just, you play Aurelia, or you play anything that counters Irelia. Irelia, sorry. So it's either you play Irelia or you play anything that counters Irelia. So it's just a Irelia meta as of right now. And, and it's starting to feel a little bit oppressive. But uh, hopefully players, uh, the player base could find a way out for this meta. But as of right now, it's still what it is. And, and it's just going to be what it is for the next, until the next patch perhaps. 
Yo, Moonboy, you know the, the the most annoying thing about Irela, right? It is the flawless duet, flawless duet, along with <laughs> okay, there is one landmark, Empress Dias. Okay, I don't think that card is too powerful, but the thing is that together with Azir on the board, together with okay, so when you look at the deck, right? When they reach a certain state where they have Azir on the board, they have Empress Dias on the board, and then they develop their Irelia. You really can't deal with that many cheap costs power winning cards together because what you can't really remove everything together other than, unless you're playing Draven Ezreal but the thing is that when you play like Draven Ezreal it's not guaranteed you're gonna open like the banger hand what double mystic shot and if you open mm-hmm. double mystic shot it means your hand still sucks right because you can't really develop <laughs> anything on the board and so when yeah. it comes to Irelia and Ursula, the early game is just too damn powerful Empress Dias man Flawless Duet Empress Dias oh my gosh this really gives me PTSD eh. it's less than 2 days only man <laughs> well I mean the the problem I, I believe okay so I actually talked to one of my teammates yesterday and he actually shared with us his thoughts on, on the, the Blade's Edge, uh, the Blade Dance kind of package. And it says like, honestly speaking, the Blade Dance package is fairly fair, right? Because the units are just really small and, and things like that. But it's the supporting cards that's supporting the uh, Blade Dance package that might be the issue because the Emperor Dias and, and Azir... Right, they constantly spawn an additional sand soldier. They as when Azil level up, which is not difficult in this in this in this deck. You know, he's gonna buff every uh sand soldier plus or every unit that just comes into the board with just one additional attack. So, you know, it might not be the blade dance package. I you know, it might be the if if you look into another perspective, uh is it really the blade blade, blade dance package that is an issue? Or is it the um spawn of the uh sand soldier is the issue because you know basically uh, like ultimately it's the sand soldier that is killing you and not the blade dance but the blade dance is just taking advantage of the sand soldier kind of like archi- like package and 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 that's mainly because that kind of became what it is today because like with two emperor dias you're 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 just <laughs> you're just bound to lose at that point in time yeah that's the thing man the the, the flowers duet together with the iron element Okay, I'm fine with Irelia as a card. Like, when it first came out, I was thinking, you know what, this seems fine. But then, it became not fine when I look at the YouTube comments. Someone was saying, uh, what, Azir Lucian, uh, goodbye Lucian, uh, Irelia is my new best friend. Now I'm thinking, really? And then, all of a sudden, the next day on the ladder, I see that thing appear. Then I'm, I was thinking, you know what, this deck looks very Mimi. I'm playing Nasus Trash, I'm playing TLC. There's no way that you can outvalue me. And the thing is that a lot of people don't understand is that your removal only can be, what, cast once because it's 3 mana, 4 mana. But when mm-hmm. Irelia does his stuff, right, it's like one mana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, 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 that's the power of the Blade Dance, right? And as, like, I mean, the, the only fair thing is that you only get Blade Dance on your attacking token. And, and that's, that's the, uh, the upside of that particular card. Like, like, that's what actually makes it fair. So, yeah, but at the same time, you know, Irelia has to be removed as fast as possible. And, and as what you said, you, there's only so much. Uh, removal in your deck and once you're out of it you're out of it and at the same time like TLC and Astral Draven you don't really have too much draws like TLC has uh, Glimpse Beyond right but on, it's not right? as consistent that, yeah. yeah it's not as consistent as any other not as not as consistent as how much Blades and Sand Soldier is gonna rush in your face so that that's, that's the issue when uh, facing against uh, Irelia yeah definitely and when, when I look at right, Irelia and all that right there's another deck which really has a very good time playing against the Irelia overall package. It's TLC. And also to get mm-hmm. Nasus Trash. And when it comes right. to Nasus Trash, right, we did talk about the Blighted Caretaker being nerfed. 
And instead of Blighted Caretaker, they now replace it with the Merciless Hunter. Merciless Hunter being the 3 mana 4 3 fearsome, and its ability to give one of your opponent's unit a fearsome. No, I mean what fearsome, give it a vulnerable. So what mm-hmm. do you think about Merciless Hunter, man? I think that card is pretty powerful, especially in all the decks that include Shurima now. It's like an auto-include. Yeah, it, it is very strong, right? Like, being able to deal with backline unit is basic, it's ultimately what you want in this game, right? You don't want your opponent backline unit to be sitting at the back and, and just do what they do. So, you know, you could, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great way to remove cards like Zillion, um, T- Twist of Fate, Azir or even uh, Irelia where they want to be at the back of the uh, back of the bench. So, you know, having this on on three or four mana, you could just bring this uh, crucial units out into the forefront and just take it out and, and, and just spoil their game plan, right? And at the same time, you have a great stat line, you have fearsome uh, at turn three, probably like you might not even have a blocker for this guy. Like you, you can even put it in an aggressive deck like overwhelm right so you could just rearrange your 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 combat even though they have a three attack unit you can just put it away and have a clear four attack into your opponent's nexus which is ideal if if you're playing something really aggressive this four attack is a it's, it's basically 25 percent of your health right so uh yeah this the, this card is just great and it allows so much accessibility for shurima and i i believe the developers actually shared with us during the last the last uh, patch, the last mm, set, right, where when Shurima was first in, um, introduced, their objective is to target backline um, champions or backline units, and with this particular card, they answered to that design, and and they they did they actually you know uh, they were they were in line to what Shurima is doing, and and it's it's just great in the whole package, and I believe this card is just good. Uh, I'm not really sure it it might get the ban the ban arrow. But as of right now, this card is just in a great position. Yes, correct. When it comes to mm-hmm. talking about Merciless Hunter, right, I don't believe that it's overpowered. I think it's just fine. It's like on the level of Bakai Sand Spinner. But when it comes yeah, to... It's really st- fair. Yes, this is a damn fair card. Because, okay, when it comes to uh, Shurima, right, we look at his previous region, which was Targon. Targon is on a whole different league. Targon is basically... <laughs> you can What your deck can do, I can do it better. Because <laughs> we know that deck, like what... Depending on the scenario of the current game state, I can just invoke what I need. So basically, my deck just just maybe I run a couple of call cards, and the rest of my cards are just what discover, which is a mechanic from another card game which I will not mention. And so it's basically a deck which has basically a box. They can just pull out, you know, I pull out a gun, I pull out a sword, I pull out a knife. Taiko yeah. can just do anything. But when it comes to uh, Shurima, to get a merciless something like you mentioned, the backline access, it really gives Shurima a very like how to say ah. Uh, when you go in the desert, then like Tomb Raider, that kind of feel, it's like Silver is just <laughs> trying to like rob you or something. I'm not sure if Silver's a robber or anything. I think she's what? Uh, what's that actress or what's that movie again? Tomb, Tomb, Tomb Raider? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Tomb, Tomb Raider. Raider. Oh my god, I just mentioned it and I just forgot. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the thing is that I don't know that Nasu Trash is what the best deck in the game right now. Initially, I don't think this deck was as powerful, but now with the overall matchups, the way Nasus Trash can handle almost every single deck in the game. We always compare Nasus Trash with, uh, what's that deck called? The Day Who Endure, the Endure mm-hmm. Aggro. We always yep. compare those two decks. But the thing is that Nasus Trash is one level ahead of it is because it still grows stronger each time it's on the board. That means each time you destroy something, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Together, the spell package is very powerful. And like Moonboy, 
when it comes to the meta, right, we all want a brand new meta when it comes to Legends of Runeterra. Like, there's a new patch, we want brand new patch, we want new cards, we want new playstyles, we want new this, new that. But I, I believe when it comes to this, like, you also find it a bit annoying that the new meta is really a not-so-new meta. Because apart from the three top decks, Nasus, Discard Aggro, and Draven Ezreal, there's only what, one more new edition of Azir plus Aurelia. What do you think about mm-hmm. the overall meta? What needs to be changed, like a legacy format or whatever? I mean, in my in my opinion, uh, this whole Shurima block, right? Let's just put it as a block. The block is actually spread out to three different uh, expansion, and and only the very first one is a pure um, set, right? And and then subsequently are just add on an expansion of that particular set. So, like players expect a big change when it comes to set releases, but the thing is that. This particular set is not a full, you know, introduction of something new. It's not exactly a new introduction of new mechanics and, and things like that. So this is just a, a add-on to whatever we, we are having from the previous uh, very first Shurima set expansion. So we, lots of players are just seeing it as a new, a new thing, right? Mm, but correct. ultimately, uh, the, a different way to actually see this situation is that you're actually having add-ons to what the very first set is, which what is, is exactly what we're having, right? Mm. You got add-ons, like, like, you know, you got the first wave, the first wing and the wave, right? The, the, <laughs> that, that particular cut in Trash and Asus, like this, it exactly does what it does, right? Like compared to what you had like three, two months earlier, uh, where they introduced new stuff, right? Like, oh, you got new deck archetype, you got, mm. you got Mono Shurima, you got Reputation, you got Trash Nasus and things like that. And, and, and you got Renekton, which, which boosts up Overwhelm, um, and you got a whole new region, whole new uh, mechanics with like you know, counter spell and backline control in your in your in your arsenal. So that is what we call a full expansion, right? Where Correct. you got a whole bunch of new things. But when it comes to this particular uh, expansion, it's just a add on to what we have, and at the same time introduce a little bit more of you know what we are missing. Like as of right now, Target they actually inter- introduced the uh, the landmark archetype. And at the same time, you know, Aurelia, you have the Blade Dance archetype. And, and they have like really boosted lots of good stuff. And you no, know, not forgetting things, cards like Syncopation, um, actually add on to, you know, all the good Ionia decks and make Ionia great again. And you got things like, uh, what, Malphite that could bring oh, Yasuo man. back yeah. into light if, if, you know, they crack the code for Yasuo. So it, it does, it, it, this set really did what it did and it achieved, it, it kind of have achieved what it did. And at the same time, they introduced new archetype, and this uh, one of the archetype became really strong as of today, which is your Blade Dance uh, yes. archetype. So this set already kind of achieved what they need to achieve, but I believe you know the player base might be uh, asking for more, and and that we have to wait for the next patch to actually see. You know, maybe the dev want to see how the new patch would affect the current state of game, and when the next patch hits, uh, things would change uh, definitely for sure. Yes, that's very good input, by the way, Moonboy. Because when it comes to, like, Legends of Runeterra players, I believe that most of them are probably thinking, oh, we, we want new cards, we want new meta, we want new this and that, new everything. Because when it comes to mobile games, when it comes to... Because Legends of Runeterra is available on mobile, by the way, and it's also mm-hmm. available on desktop. There are many, many different mobile games they play. I'm pretty sure when it comes to mobile games, there's always, like, a brand new patch. There's always, like, brand new content being released. And so when it comes to this, I believe that LOR as a game, they really expect it to be like a mobile game. 
which means that there always needs to be brand new cards, brand new content, like almost every week. They want new, new, new. If not, right, their attention span will be taken away by another game developer who creates like the brand new PUBG or something. And that's why I believe that, yeah, like we both know, when it comes to Runeterra, right, it requires a period of stabilization where the meta just unfolds, everything becomes normal, and that's okay. But the thing is that my biggest concern about the current meta state is that the newer decks cannot really shine too much. Because the current the current three or the current four top decks like I mentioned, the Nasus, the Discard Agro, the Isaiah Aurelia, the Draven Azrael's, they are way more consistent and better than the new decks like Chirion Burn, which is the uh the, the sum worker thing, you summon and then you summon another mm-hmm, copy mm-hmm. and then you become the two mana thing. It's way yeah, better. Emo than... inside by the way. Yeah, okay. It's fine, it's fine. Because <laughs> the deck is basically like a it's a brand new version of Prankster Burn, but it's yep. a bit more consistent. But when it comes to consistent, right, it's not as consistent as your Nasus Trash where you mm-hmm. destroy stuff on the board and then you just, you know, I destroy and then I replace it. When it comes to a late game, I drop, not even late game, eh, I come to turn 6, I drop Nasus and I just stay down at you. If you do a removal, Nasus just smacks you and then atrocity, GG. And then there's also other decks like Zillion Nasus. Have you heard about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I played against it a few times and yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty fun to be honest. Yeah, and the thing about it, Moonboy, is that Zillion Nasus, right, compared to Nasus Trash, it really is... Nasus stretch is way, way better than Zillion Nasus, man. Because yeah. it's way more consistent. And that's why I always... Like I mentioned all these new decks, right? All these new decks cannot shine because of the current state of the already existing decks which are so refined, so perfected, so so super polished that the newer decks cannot shine. Like, I do know that you try to make new decks like Snapvine. I remember you playing Snapvine against me. <laughs> like, like, talk me through it. The problem about newer decks against current popular decks, like, is there, does there need to be like a legacy format or something being introduced so that the game doesn't revolve around what, the same 5-6 decks? Uh, I feel like the, the the game is still really new for, for, for stuff like legacy format, right? Mm. So we are only like, what, 3-3 three, three expansion into the game and, and it's barely a, a full, you know, one and a half year, two years cycle into the yeah, game. Correct. So I believe like you no know, things like legacy or rotation uh should not come into play as of right now because the card pool is not big enough for such play. Yes. And yeah, so now this is to answer your your legacy uh um, your your format uh question. So but when it comes to meta gaming and, and, and like you know how the big how the new decks could actually deal with the old dogs and things like that. Uh well, let's just put it as, you know, this these decks have been perfected for a good minimum of two months and, and, and stuff like that, right? But the, the set is only less than a week old as of right now. So yes, you can't exactly, you know, expect too much from new yeah. stuff because, you know, players have to test, players have to tweak and, and, and things like that. When TLC first came out, it wasn't even that strong to begin with. Yes. Right? People have like lead draws, they have like atrocity in the deck as well. So... Um, it really takes time to actually perfect, and especially when it comes to control and mid-range uh, option, right? Uh, you really need time to to perfect and and contr- like to form a really good deck that actually comes out from uh, a new expansion. So when it comes to like new 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 cards, like you know versus old old decks, like we had the same issue when Shurema first came out, yeah. right? People are saying TFVs is just gonna dominate the scene, <laughs> yeah, but because TFVs have a good you know, three to four months to 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 refine itself yeah. to the finest, and obviously, you know, a trash Nasus back then was not even gonna be a thing. And you know, just give it time. You know, it even evolved. You know, Ash 
Ash Johnny used to be a thing and it kind of evolved into Ash LeBlanc today. So, yes. you know, just give, you know, we, we just really have to give the meta a little bit more time, let players figure out what is good, you know. You never know, um, Kimo might be great again, you know, or, or like Snapvine might be great because these are all endless possibilities. We are in a CCG and, and it really takes time to refine. But when it comes to new archetype, obviously the aggro is going to come out first, right? That's where Azir, uh, Irelia comes out really fast day one. Off the bat, you got you got the answer, and and that's just how you answer easy decks, which is basically aggro, right? But when it comes to cards that decks that really need more refinement, where your control and mid range is at, just give it time, and and you know maybe when adjustments of the cards hit, uh, this two archetype will come back again, and it's it's an endless cycle, right? You start the 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 season with aggro, and then you went to a control archetype, and then you end off with a mid range combo kind of end season, so. This is the circle of life and it's gonna be what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you because I, I really want to hear people input when it comes to legacy format. Like I like I always agree. The the meta or the game is just too young to even introduce mm-hmm. such a thing. The only thing what the legacy format started in Yu-Gi-Oh! was like what, ten month ten years after the game even came to existence, but we do have to understand that the game was actually on a slower pace because it was more of a hobby last time. Yep. And the thing is that when we look at the current champions and all that even though right, I really has only played in what two decks, which is Irelia plus Misfortune, Irelia plus Azir. When you look at Zillion, look at Malphite, right? I do know that Zillion do has some potential. But the thing is that when it comes to the early stages of the meta, people always try to figure out the best aggro option, the best way to play aggro. And then when it comes to mid-range, they just most people will not try to innovate mid-range because when it comes to testing mid-range against aggro options, it just feels really bad because you just get steamrolled. And your data that you get is very skewed because all you face are aggro at the beginning of the meta. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that over time, I believe that most players will start playing mid-range decks again. And one of the mid-range decks which I really think can be really powerful is Zillion plus Lissandra. Because I do it face a couple of it together with like Landmark Ramping and everything together with Lissandra and Talia, which is one deck which I used to hype a lot about around three months ago. But then when it came out, it just wasn't as great as what I thought. And that's why I believe that, like, like you mentioned, people will find a way to make those decks work. But when it comes to Zillion together with Malphite, do you think these cards will ever become super playable to the point of what uh, Nasus, or to the point of at least being included in almost every single Shadow Owls deck? Uh, okay, for, first off, for Zillion, I think Zillion has great potential. Right, being able to scry, like like you know, look into your future and and de- determine what is your next cut is is a very strong mechanic, right? You kind of know what you're gonna take, and the time bomb enables draws as well. And yeah. you know, it, and it, Zillion is the champion where you kind of get rewarded as he dies as well. Yes. So you know, if you die, if if, if a zero Zillion is killed, you have a second Zillion. That being said, you have four more additional time bomb in your deck. And if Zillion is leveled, that means multiple time bombs with, you know, fleeting copy of time bomb coming into your hand. So, you know, overall, Zillion as a concept is just really, really strong. I think, give it time, Zillion is just going to be one of the strongest control champion that you guys can have in the game. So, uh, that's for Zillion, right? Just give Zillion a little bit more time, Zillion is going to be awesome. Like, this is this is my take on Zillion. Yes. But when it comes to Malphite, oh, right, yes. I think Malphite is... is, is a interesting archetype and an interesting card by itself, right? Seven mana, if I'm not wrong, and yeah, he has such mana. a huge stat line. The only card that we could compare Malphite to is Nautilus. 
right? Yes, Nautilus right. Is, is a great card, you know, 13-13 or 0-13 with tough uh, 7 mana as well. And both units have, both creatures, both champions have like really big stats. And, you know, Nautilus is just awesome, but it's really exclusive to one particular archetype, which is deep. You can't play Nautilus elsewhere uh, other than, you know, without his fishes. But when you comes to when it comes to Malphite, you know, you could play it with like Landmark, you could play it with Stun. Oh, hell, you could even play it with the Marcia and just slam it down as a huge unit. Mm. And yeah, it's 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 really it's it's a very decent champion to be honest. And and compared to, to Nautilus, and Nautilus is really great by himself. And compared to Nautilus, Malphite is is a more versatile and I would say, you know, a much higher tier a much better grade when it compares to Nautilus, right? You could pair him up with Yasuo, you could pair him up with Talia, you could, I don't know, maybe one day you could even pair him up with Timo, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, that's because Malphite is just so strong as an individual and you don't really need to, he, he gains value upon dropping into the board with, with, with such a huge health. But if compared to Nautilus, you want to play it as a 13, as a thir- for his stat line, it's not even worth it. It's 0-13. You can't even trade, you can't even do anything, it's just a big wall in your hand, in, on your bench. Mm. But Malphite does something, and and I believe you know you, you can't expect every single champion to be great. You you must have a little a few champions that kind of fall back a little, and and Malphite might be that champion of this set, but he's he's not that weak, and he might not be as weak as, as he seems. Yeah, I really I really agree with the Malphite part. But in my last podcast, when I compare Malphite with the overall Targon package, because it doesn't seem to be a need to run Malphite because when you look at Targon, right, you just run the standard ASO or you run Zoe package. You get mm-hmm. a revoke, you get everything. When it comes to Malphite, right, you need to pair it together with landmarks and pairing landmarks is an issue itself because not every landmark is useful and not every landmark can be like replaced on its own because other than Shurima, right, Malphite can't really be paired with landmark stuff because if you want to pair it together with landmarks, right, it's just kind of pretty bad. And if you want to pair Malphite with Yasuo, there's not really a lot of Targon or Ionia landmarks which can count down and replace itself, or like provide effects that can change the game. That's why I always look at Malphite as a very, it's a pretty set state right now. But with the way that Runeterra is moving with brand new cards and all that, I believe that Targon right, will introduce brand new landmark packages so that Malphite will be playable. And the dream of Yasuo plus Malphite is something I really want to see happen. Because for a good part of a year, I have never seen a tier 1 deck which includes Yasuo. And that's like, yeah, we both of us been playing for a year now, and we've never seen Yasuo being tier 1. Like, maybe you play as a counter, but really, Yasuo needs to make a comeback. Like, they, they buff it here and there, but Yasuo is just, how to say, it's too reliant on too many factors, really. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Yasuo, okay, champions usually lead the deck, right? Yes. So, like, you know, you, got, you have Nautilus that lead the fishes. You have uh, Lissandra that actually leads the Watcher game plan. But when it comes to Yasuo, it's the deck that leads Yasuo. Yes. Right? So you need, like, Yasuo couldn't survive by himself. You need, like, the stun package with him, alongside him. So, like, that is the issue with Yasuo. And, and it, if they design Yasuo as a stun package champion, um, he's just, he will always be behind the deck. The deck would, like, you know, he's not, he's not, Supporting the deck is the deck supporting him, so uh, yeah. So it's it's not it's just the design of that particular champion. So the only way that they should they would you know make Yasuo great again is probably uh have more great supports for the stun archetype. 
but at the same time, uh, having stuns means, you know, you're just ruining the game with more control options and things like that. So when, when, when developers have to design things like stun and hard removal, they really have to think twice uh, because, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's going to ruin experiences as, as, as in, gameplay, in gameplay. So uh, with Yasuo, I, I, it might be what it is already, but as of right now, but they are really providing lots and more, more and more stun uh, options for us, right? You know, the new landmark coming in, the, the rock, rock cow or something, the five minor landmark, um, that actually changes, changes the game. And especially with Malphite, you know, on five mana, you could just hit and you play it on Daybreak, it, it summons another copy and that means 10, 10, yeah, 10 mana, sacks right? is already yeah. on Malphite. Yeah, 10 mana is already on Malphite. So, you know, that's where everything correlates and that's how the developers probably plan to support the stun archetype. And, and with, you know, cuts like that and, you know, just with a blue sentinel and this five mana landmark, a fight could just level up and you have un- unstoppable force ready to go. Oh wow, actually I never really thought about that because I've been, when I look at Targon, the only thing that comes to my mind is let me include three copies of Zoe, let me include three copies of Solari, three copies of Star Shaping, mm-hmm. and we have a Targon deck. But I never really thought about the Eye of the, I forget about the Eye of the Horak or something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, okay, Eye of Horak, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to it, right, I, I really think that in the future Malphite might be playable. When it comes to Yasuo as a champion, right, I don't think it needs a buff, it, don't needs, it doesn't, definitely doesn't need a nerf. But when it mm-hmm. comes to it, right, it, there, there, there just needs to be... Okay, when you look at Ionia, right? Okay, this is another point of discussion. When it comes to Ionia, right? There's always a point in time where Ionia is just too strong or it's just too weak. It's never seen as the deck in the middle because that region comes with two power cards, which is Deny together with Nopify. And when yep. you look at that region, right? It has always been the forefront of every single combo deck. It has been what? Mm-hmm. Heimavai, Ezreal Kama, Zoe Lee Sin, uh, Aphelios Lee Sin and everything. The Deny and Ionia package, right? Is something which uh, infuriates a lot of players. Like around a year ago, there was the elusive mid-range, which was uh, the very first version. Ionia plus Lord. They run about like, two copies of D9. Kinko elusive, right? Yeah, correct. The Kinko elusive, <laughs> yes. That was old-school elusive. Until Heimavai came out, then yeah, that, that version was like sort of unplayable. In fact, there was like a meta revamp. They added in a... Uh, what's that card called? Uh? Uh, they, they created a deck known as Corina Control to fight against mm. elusives. And really, yes, yes. it was an innovation just to beat Elusives, because that was how powerful Elusives actually are. And so that's why in the future, I'd like to see like Malphite being playable other than, you know, other than the landmark thing. I'd like to see it together with landmark as some form of stunts. And now that we have discussed about almost everything in this podcast, I'd like to actually wrap this up really. And so Moonboy, do you have, do you have like any teasers for us? That, what can we expect from Moonboy in 2021? <laughs> well, uh, definitely more casting shows for you guys. Like, you know, uh, I would love to be part of more and more events uh, to provide more content for everyone. And that's for the casting side and hopefully Road to Woes, right? So that's yes. our, our goal Why as well. Man. Yeah, so uh, aside from that, you know, streaming-wise, we will be still, we will be still, you know, streaming Legends of Runeterra and we will still try to make Timo great again. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, but for the compet- uh for the tournament side you know we will try because cross shot has is going to be disabled really soon as well that's very so, sad though yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a really sad news for everyone and that's probably another another a to- topic for another day right yes, definitely. but uh but when it comes to uh tournaments uh you know the team space is trying to uh provide as much tournaments for the server as much as possible so you know this way we don't in a way uh we 
you know, our players would still be relevant and would still be showcased to the world and, and people would really get to uh, see what, what SEA is all about and we're not just that, you know, dumb region by the side and things like that. So uh, it's, it's, it's really sad that, you know, actually there are actually people who actually think that SEA is just sad as a whole, but we have really strong players as a, uh, in general and, and I believe, you know, most of you guys uh, see it as well. So, you know, and, and it's best that, you know, we could use our best of our, our ability to actually showcase the region and more tournaments would be uh, placed out for you guys uh, from Team Space as well. And not forgetting for the Singaporeans in in the podcast, you know, we are gathering as much Singaporeans as possible because Team Space is actually might be working together with other organizations in Singapore to actually have a community space uh or you guys. So, you know, do, do stay tuned and, you know, we might have more updates for you guys once everything is more concrete. But moving forward, uh, we Singaporeans, we have uh, a community building thingy for you guys. So, uh, yeah, you know, we are gathering as much people as possible and and we're just going to make Singapore great in the LLR region as well. So, yeah, so this is what we have moving forward and hope to be part of your show more often as well, bro. Of course, man. In fact, I'm thinking of having you as a regular, man. I, I really need to I really need to work on this uh, inviting guests and all that. Because for me, when I first started this podcast, I decided for myself, I'm going to do one year. I'm about to hit one year. Just me doing uh, the podcast on my own. Because I like to share my thoughts. And I, I'm, I've always been more of like a monologue kind of guy. Because I since young, I've always been on the stage talking, you know, public speaking and all that. I've been the one-man mm-hmm. show talking and everything. I never really did debates. I only did like sharing my thoughts, something like a lecturer just talking and then people just, oh, okay, occasionally respond. So definitely, when it comes to the region, I really want to invite more players from the Southeast Asia side. Let's not forget about North America and Europe. There are a couple of friends that I've made along the way on Twitch because yeah, when it comes to streaming, everybody is sort of like a community, really. We just like rate each other and all that. We get to know everyone. Mm-hmm. And okay, let's go to the most important part. I'm going to ask you like three rapid-fire questions. You just respond pretty quickly, okay? We'll, we'll start okay. here now, okay. First question, favorite champion. Emo. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Uh, favorite region? PNZ, because Timo is in it. Okay. This is the final question. Favorite concept? Aggro, mid-range, combo control. Wow. Uh, aggro for me. Yeah, I, I'm more of an aggro player. But okay, man. <laughs> I, I, I still love the, the PubCap archetype because of the RNG factor involved as well. <laughs> but I will see you playing aggro though. Uh, I mean, the 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 meta kind of shifted while while the season goes, but I I, I personally prefer aggro mid rangey kind of deck game plan. I'm never a control guy because I hate making micro decision and oh, yeah. <laughs> it feels bad because like you know you commit to a deny too early and then you just got got screwed over at the late game and things like that. So I was like, no, control is definitely not my thing. But uh, aggro and and mid range is probably my kind of decks. But ultimately, uh. Yeah, I, I would prefer. I, I, I mean, I, I prefer to play something that's off meta, like tier two ish, that is great instead of playing what is tier one. But if tier one works, why not? <laughs> yeah, man. And PNC is also my favorite region, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't know, because I, I love Ezreal, but no one sees me playing Ezreal. But here's the funny thing about a year ago, I was spamming Ezreal Karma, but now there's no optimal Ionia plus PNC version. So when it comes to that, I don't play it anymore. And so, how do we find you, Moonboy? Can you, can you tell us how do we find you on your Twitch, on your Twitter, all that? I'll, don't worry, I'll link everything here so you can shout out here. 
Yeah, so you guys can find me over at Moonboy underscore gaming on Twitch. Uh, I do stream every, usually it's uh, Monday, Tuesdays, and sun- Saturdays as of right now. Uh, you know, schedule might change and stuff like that. So maybe Hazelnut could link you guys to Discord for more um, my schedule and things like that. Yeah, but all, on, on social media, you guys could get, you know, uh, Moonboy underscore gaming on Twitter. Uh, I'm kind of like a little bit more active over there compared to other social media. So, yeah, you guys can find me over there as well. So, you know, do not be shy to actually just drop me a DM or anything. If you guys have any question and want to you know, just hook me up and chat with me, uh, please do so. And just PM me on Twitter and, or, or yeah, you're mainly Twitter, right? So, yeah, you guys can friendly. just find me over there. Moonboy is very friendly. Yeah, I'm really, really friendly. Never turn down a conversation. Definitely, man. <laughs> I remember when you first reached out to me, I was like, what the? Did someone message me on Discord? Because... The only other person who does that is what? Maybe Scalamitas. <laughs> 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 then, yeah, of course, I, I don't know whether I'm too intimidating or what because I usually become very stern or serious on stream. And, okay, by the way, let's end this. Any shout outs to, any, to, to anyone? Yeah, you can shout out anyone here. Yo, uh, big shout out to all the SEA players over here. I, I believe Zero Infinity is in, it's not, it's a, it's a, uh, use, like, frequent listener to this podcast yo shout out to him and you know anyway if you guys don't know Daryl Wing is made by Zero Infinity yes okay he's the so guy the Darius Har- yeah he, he's the he's the first few players who actually formed that deck and make it made, made it great and he's one of the first few masters that season as well with that deck so yeah shout out to Zero bro like, and, and don't forget he everything. made Anivia too man he made Anivia yeah and Anivia like great right so uh yeah, like this, like SEA is, is just a great force. To, like it's a really a great force coming forward and you guys really have to watch out for them. They're really strong, to be honest. And and yeah, shout out to you guys and of course Team Space and to all the listeners, thanks so much for your time today. All right, man. Thank you so much, Moonboy. And uh, you know what, guys? We have actually come to the end of today's podcast. You can check out Moonboy with all the links to all of his social media, his Twitch, everything in the description box below. For mine as well, as always, you can find it in the description box I will never probably never change it except this time around there will be Moon Boys one as well and that's yeah. all I have for today guys I'll see you guys next week on the next episode where we're gonna talk about I'm not gonna review next week's topic it's gonna be pretty interesting as well and that's all I have for today take care guys and that's game